Noom uses the latest and proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom. N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now, wherever books are sold. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. (laughs) They've got stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed. And cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. Hi, my name is Patton Oswalt and I'm feeling 100% not embarrassed about being Conan O'Brien's friend. is Meredith Salinger, and I feel so blessed about being Conan O'Brien's friend. See, it's always better to go with pure enthusiasm. I thought mine was I introduced math into my not embarrassment. It had a negative. Oh, okay, so the negative. And that's where the eye goes. Where does the ear go? Because it's a podcast, so. (laughs) The ear strangely goes to the positive. I think it might. Fawn is here, hear the yell. Back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, the podcast that tries to build bridges to a better world. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I, that's new. I needed to say something, and I said that, and it's just not true. I know uh, we're building nothing. No. <laughs> we're making this is the dam buster. <laughs> <laughs> we're the dynamite at the base of a very big dam, yeah. and there's a there's a whole civilization beneath us that will be flooded <laughs> once this podcast airs. Um, joined as always by a Sona Movsesian. Hey, Sona. Hi. And uh, of course, Matt Gorley. Hey, by the way, dam busters is what we call it when my newborn daughter has a poop that explodes out the back of her diaper. 
Well, that's terrific. <laughs> that's uh, that's great. Oh uh, man, it's great. These are that's some terrific. good poops. That's good. That's good. We're building a bridge. Yeah, yeah, to a better world. Yes, out of Would excrement. Want to yeah. go to? I don't know why I thought if if. If one of those billionaires said, hey, Conan, do you want to go to space? Would you do it? Would I go to space? Yeah. No, I'm very happy with Earth. Okay. I'm very happy with Earth. I have never had any desire. And I have lots of friends that would say, oh my God, I would love it to go into space. Or um, I have a friend that wants to be on one of those Mars missions where you're you're pretty much assured you're never coming back. Oh. I like it here on Earth. I do too. This is where I was millions of years of evolution. I'd uh, go. I'd go as long as I didn't have to go with all the weirdos that are the first ones to go up there. Like yeah. the you, you know. would, you would definitely go. Yeah, I think if it were pr- proven safe for a f- oh, for few God's sake, missions. you can't, you can't. It's not. Uh, so you'd go if as long as it's a hundred percent safe. You no, go. I didn't say that. I said proven safe. Like you know, give it a few years, and then all the weird tech moguls aren't going up there. I don't want to be dying with those people. <laughs> <I don't- laughs> you kidding? Your your estate can sue them. You want to be on the one with Bezos that- So this that, is like suicide yeah. by orbit? Yeah. So my family gets insurance claims yeah. and settled? Yeah, they get to call the Bezos estate and say, hey, it's because your husband pushed the blue button instead of the green button that my husband didn't make it. So, and they're like, fine, whatever. Here's a billion dollars. Don't call again. And you're in the clear. Uh, so, I would certainly throw up though, just from the motion of it. I think. Maybe not. They probably mm-hmm. worked it out. It probably just feels like a Tesla accelerating. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what it feels like. You know? Um, no, I, I have no desire. Sona, do you want to go into space? Um, I, I would do one of those missions where they, you go up, you're like, hey, Earth, and then you come right back down. I just want to do like the Tower of Terror version yeah. of that. Yeah. You want to go on a spaceship that goes 300 feet into the air and then lands gently and they open the doors and they serve you pizza, right? That's what you want. And say like, you went to space, trust us. Trust us. Oh boy, did you go to space. Really? Because I felt like I just went up 300 feet. Yeah. It's just like at the tip of Mount Baldy. Mount Baldy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I'm not going to space. I have no interest. I'm tired of people asking me, please go to space. Please leave Earth. (laughs) Please please get out of here. Why do you think I want to go to space? (laughs) You don't even want to go. You just are trying to lure me into going. I want, because you can have Earth. I need to get away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm very excited. My uh, my guests today are a very funny husband and wife duo who host their own podcast, Did You Get My Text? New episodes are available every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm excited to chat with them today. Uh, my old friend, Patton Oswald and Meredith Salinger. Welcome. Now, I, I like an origin story. So, Patton, obviously, I've, I've known you for a long time. I think you first came on the Late Night Show in 1998 when you were, uh, I think you were six years old. Yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I, I was I was the six-year-old who could uh, recite Ned Beatty's speech from Network. That was my thing for a while. 
and I toured the country with that. Uh, so yeah, I remember that you had I remember me on. When, and then when you were seven, you came back and you did his scene from Deliverance, and it really bummed people out. And that's what, that. And then there was a ten year lull. Yeah, like people you could really not get work. Lost I couldn't get my agents. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was a little rough. So, people yeah. blamed me, and then so I, I I know your story, and then Meredith, uh, I've been very happy because Patton, since he met you, has been uh, he's he's been in a good place. He's and flourished. He is. <laughs> wow. Okay. He's, he's 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 gone to the next level of his yeah. evolution. Yeah, exactly. He now has arms. He didn't have arms. For, um, I love how she told me, he's in a good place. He's flourished. He's flourished. Excuse me. He has flourished. Yeah. You just hit me with your handbag when you yeah. said that. Bam. He's flourished. He's flourished, I tell you. But I, I, but I want to know your origin story. Like, I don't actually don't know how you two met. I know we're going to talk about your the podcast you have together, but I want to know how you two got together and got it on. Oh. I'm the Chuck Woolery of my generation. <laughs> oh my god! Well, because we need a Chuck Woolery. No, we actually don't. Uh, it should have ended with him being mentioned in the Beastie Boys song, and that's in this. <laughs> what did they and rhyme with Woolery? Uh, Tom Foolery. Tom Foolery. Yes, they did. They rhymed Tom Foolery. With Chuck oh my God, I love it. Uh, anyway. How did we meet? Well, uh, you know, I had gone through a very, very bad time, as we yep. know. And I, Meredith and I have a mutual friend in uh, a woman named Martha Plimpton, actress, activist, really just a very dynamic person who loves Martha to- and I have been um, friends since I was 15 years old. Since they were teenagers. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So she likes to pull together these salons where she invites various friends from various circles. You're making the story so long. Well, hang on. <laughs> Martha started her career on a little uh, production of Godspell when she was seven. Um, no, she likes to bring- different people together and for Martha some- had a dinner party and she invited 15 people on a Facebook text thread. So you could see everybody who she invited on, on Facebook on a text thread. I went to the dinner party. Everybody went but Patton. So the next day on the text thread, I wrote best dinner party ever. Dude, you missed the, are we allowed to curse? Dude, dude is mi- not a curse. Dude, you missed the best <laughs> fucking lasagna. I was not just saying dude. No, no, no. Dude. I wrote, best dinner party ever. Dude, you missed the best fucking lasagna. And he happened to be online at the same time and messaged me. Oh my God, I was supposed to be there, blah, blah, blah. And we ended up, because we were online at the same time, texting back and forth for two hours. Oh. And then, oh. at, and not like flirting or anything. No, just, just wanted to talk to someone. Yeah. It was nice. And so, yeah. Uh, we texted and then he was like, this was really nice. Same time tomorrow. I was like, all right. So then the next night at nine o'clock and then for three months straight, every night for two hours, we texted. I'd put Alice to bed and I would go, Alice is asleep. Are you here? It was almost like I was walking into a cafe, yep. but it was just this message. And then we would, I had someone to talk to in the dark for and two hours every night. It was Like great. Trump had just been elected, inaugurated and it was horrible. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, can you believe he's a fucking spy? Russian spy, <laughs> Russian asset. <laughs> like we would talk about that. No one talks about, he had so many things happen in four years that no one even remembers Remember, that no, one. Yeah, when he was an wait, asset. What? Remember oh, when right. there was a thing about, you know, him and uh, Trump in the hotel room yeah. and With being the- peed on and- <laughs> People got past that within days. I know because and then it every moved on single to, day yeah, there was he something. He just ate worse. a raccoon on the on the <laughs> south lawn. Yeah, uh, and blood was coming out its neck. But and, at the yeah. but at the very yeah. beginning, I mean, I I knew of him. I have never really. I didn't. I mean, I think I had seen King, King of Queens like once or twice. Mm-hmm. I just didn't remember it all. I that only well. know Patton from King of Queens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never. I was not, I'm not even aware that he does comedy. <laughs> Well, then I watched, so about two months in, well, about a month and a half. Yeah. I was, we were talking about 
a movie or something and he's like, oh, that actress. I said, oh, that actress is so pretty. He's like, you're so pretty. I'm like, oh, shit. Does he think this is, are we flirting? What's happening right now? Right. And then- and, and I don't I, even think I the, meant it in a flirty way. I just was saying, stating a yeah. fact. It's a fact. Mm. That was a little flirty. Yeah. Anyway, it's a little flirty about, online. So, like, two <laughs> I do that. By the way, I do that a lot when I'm just trying to buy stuff online. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm always like, "You're so pretty," <laughs> and it gets me in trouble. It's the space bar on my uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that got put in the back of my head, and then the next, I was like, "This is the nicest, smartest, best man in the universe," and I slowly was falling in love with him. And I, I Listen, really you haven't met text. in person. No, we yet. never met in person. Ne- didn't even speak. Never on even the phone. spoke on didn't the phone. Didn't hear each other's voices. And so it was I went. All just right. I went to lunch with my best friend, and I burst into tears. And she's like, "Why are you crying?" And I said, "I think I love him." And she's like, "Then why are you crying?" And I was like, "Cause I'm gonna meet him, and I'm I'm not gonna like him. I know me. <laughs> I don't like anyone." That's the rap on you, Patton. By the way, it is. Everyone's <laughs> like, "He's so funny, but don't meet him." <laughs> Try to just text. I just Keep figured. It at text length. He's I remember was, for years, I only would have Patton on the show through text. <laughs> I would text into the <laughs> he show. He would text into the show and he would kill. Yeah. And then whenever he would come on the show, it was like Oof. audible booze. Yeah. Just the minute I walked out, just people hissing, a lot of hissing, a lot of foot stomping. Get him out. It was rough. So so this is fascinating to me because you haven't, now what about looking into his work? You I must did. Have, you must have done that. Oh, I, I did. I looked at some of his comedy bits online and then I knew that he had done Young Adult with Charlize Theron and I knew he had a sex scene in it. And I was like, well, I should probably check that out. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that incredible? I mean, first of all, I have told people that I have a sex scene out there with Charlize Theron. It's not true. Right. And I always say the footage has been lost. Yeah. uh, yeah. Or it's not available, which doesn't exist in the modern era. All all footage is immediately available all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, and I've been, uh, Charlize's people have contacted me. (laughs) So you've got to stop telling people that you have a sex scene with Charlize Theron. Well, you know what what also sucks uh, is that She's checking out my sex scene with Charlize Theron. So there is a, I have a sex scene with one of the most genetically perfect beings. Like I couldn't do a scene with like John Goodman or Paul Giamatti. Like I'm I'm in a scene that just highlights how not physically perfect I am. I have to do it with, with this Nexus 6 android. Like, can't I just, can it be with Richard Kind? That'd be a good <laughs> yes! scene. Shout then out to Richard go, Kind. This guy's an Adonis. Wow, I gotta get on with him. So yeah. So yes, I checked out his stuff and I, and finally, it, we decided to meet and we were planning to meet. That's a lot of pressure. And I was so yeah. nervous oh, because God. I really did love him. Like I was like, I lo- and I, I've never been married. I mean, I've had 4 billion boyfriends. I've dated everybody, but <laughs> I've never been wow, married. Wow, you sound like you have no bar at all. You just, you've dated everybody, literally well, everybody. everybody. Every but every good buddy, every good every well, buddy. You good. said four million. There yeah, aren't four million good yeah. guys in no, the world. No, there's like ten good ones. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we planned to meet, and we did, and I was like, oh, "You're so cute." And then I just knew. And then once I saw him, I was like, "If we had chemistry when we met, I was like, that's my husband." We're good. And then we did. And she was smart. I was. I said we should go to dinner somewhere. She said, "Well, let's go somewhere near like a beach." No, something. I didn't want to have dinner and sit down and order. What if I didn't like you and then sit right, there for two hours stuck. and have to talk to you for, yeah. You just had an online relationship for six years. <laughs> right. Like, and you, you don't think you can handle 40 minutes at Wendy's? Well, I didn't know if I'd be attracted to him. And I did, and I was just very concerned that I would be like, yeesh, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Right. And you'd actually say that out loud. Yeesh. Right, yeah. The, that would have been amazing. And the, there's, there, you know, like in the, into the multiverse with Spider-Man, there's right. a, mul- if the multiverse exists, there's one, 
where we met in the lobby of that hotel and she went, yeesh. Like, he looked right <laughs> in the face. Nope. Sorry. Can you validate my parking? I got to get out of here. I had three blind dates in my entire life, and each time the woman made the exact same sound. <laughs> and then she would, they'd always say the same thing. I'm planning to have diarrhea soon. I better go. <laughs> Who plans diarrhea? <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, okay, but let me hear from your perspective, Patton. You went through this tragic loss, yep. and uh, I don't know... I don't know if you were even thinking of another stage in your life. No, I was, I my head was in what I thought was a good place, but it was actually a very bad place. I had reached this point through some really bad months and weeks where I had hit, hit a level where I said, I can now merely exist and that's fine. I'm not gonna experience joy, but at least I'm not experiencing despair and pointlessness right, anymore. Right. I can wake up, I can make my daughter breakfast, take her to school, pick her up, uh, maybe get on stage and tell some jokes. Maybe I'll just function as an actor. It, like I, I, I was basically a, I was a presentable robot, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And and I thought that was how I could live. And then um, I met, and I, I remember I went to a grief group, and there were people in there saying, "I know it sounds weird, you know, you've just come out of. I don't think I can live. Well, now you can live, and you now you're going. I don't think I can experience joy." or, you know, happiness again, and you will, you just don't, you just can't see it right now. Right. And it took first just meeting her through, just meeting her mind, basically. It mm. was, you know, one of the things you miss when you're with someone you're supposed to be with is someone to talk to in the dark at the end of the day. And right. just, am I going insane or did that happen today? Oh yes, it did. It, it, like you have someone to reassure you about the reality you're in. And yes. so just to, to encounter her mind, just her mind that way was so, it's so agile and original and amazing. So to have that and then go, oh, this is the joy that I'm missing. So then everything else was just a bonus on top of already what was this? I don't want to say a Sunday. That sounds a little <laughs> weird. Like it's an extra cherry on a Sunday with a cherry already on it. But it just, it felt like, oh, everything else after this is a bonus on top of I just want to say, amazing. and it's a lovely thing you just said, but if someone sent me a Sunday that had three cherries on it, I'd send it back. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a I'd little- I'd say this is too many cherries. A little much. <laughs> yeah. You're trying too hard. Uh, yeah, and- Stop um, trying something. Yeah, and so, and I have done that. I've often said- Really? Or I've eaten it all and said, I'm not paying for it. There were three <laughs> three cherries on it. And then they always point out you ate all three cherries. And I'm like, yeah, well, fuck you. Um, I'm a terrible, Hostile. terrible person, right? Terrible, yeah. terrible. You've been with me many times, Sona, You've when I've done- You've thrown the cherries at me when there's three cherries. Yeah, yeah. I've said, I'm gonna eat two of these, but not this third one. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I whip it at Sona as hard as I can. <laughs> and then you, as you do it, you're looking at the waiter going, I'm not doing this to hurt her. I'm doing this to teach you. I want you to keep <laughs> right. this pain and humiliation. Look at her face yes. and see this every time you're about to put three cherries on, see this face. I think it was an op a missed opportunity for you with the three cherries. You take one and you right. say to your friend that you're with, can you tie this in a knot with your tongue? Ooh. And in the meantime, you take the other cherry, you tie it in a knot, sneakily put it in your mouth and then they can't do it. And you're like, let me try. And then you take the third one, you put it in your mouth, oh. you decide, and then the one that you just tied, you then take that one You know one what out. you are? You're a natural grifter. It, that is so, <laughs> so grifty. It's so clear to that me that- That is so we, grifty. We had an innocent riff going on and you yeah. immediately saw the way to exploit it. <laughs> As a grift, and I'm I'm look, looking. My wallet's gone. <laughs> Sony, your pearls are missing. Yeah. Oh my pearls! Yeah, those beautiful Armenian pearls. <laughs> Wait, why am I hearing Marvin Hamlish as the entertainer in my head? <laughs> what is happening here? 
God. Um, well, didn't you, at, at one point you worked as a, got a job as a waitress because you want, like, I want to, re- and then you're like, I no, I can't, like, let me, let me be a shot girl because you were good at talking people into buying I, yeah, shots. I would make them for everyone else. I'd leave a tiny bit for me that didn't have any alcohol in them. <laughs> Again, a grift. And the, then, side thing and then I would walk around and I'm like, jealous shot, they're only a dollar. And then people are like, oh, I'm good. I'm like, I'll do one if you do one. And so they give me $2 and then I would take. <laughs> oh. The non-alcoholic one. I see. Yeah. I see. So, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, Listen, so it's all, marketing. It's marketing. But you know what? I I'm a marketing like, genius. I feel like I could do that job. No. It was yeah, such a fun job. Why not? Why couldn't I do that? I don't think anyone would want to buy a Jello shot from me. I wouldn't have the same approach as you. <laughs> My thing would be like, you should try it. It's Jello. It's alcohol. Come on. Yeah, Come on. That's Do the it. problem. Yeah, yeah. That, but that, that was a that was a fun real job. <laughs> I would be very uptight, and I would have a long story about how they have my dog prisoner. <laughs> You've got to do. <laughs> you would you would create all these scenarios every night, and then pe- although what if that ended up clicking and people would go, "Have you been down to strap? There's some dude, and it's you know he's lying, but every night there's some insane story. He's so desperate. So we, so people are coming up just to see what story you make up every single night. Family kidnapped by ninjas. Wow. So I guess we should probably buy a jello shot off of you, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, this guy's didn't, so sad. Didn't you used to dance here? Yes. <laughs> tasty pasty. Yeah. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there, California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching, you can go hiking in Yosemite, and then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want, they got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. (laughs) Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a question I have for you, Meredith, which is, first of all, you, you referenced these movies. What movies were you in? What would I know you from? Um, uh, well, the very first movie I ever did, which you don't, you can hardly see me in, but it was the movie Annie that mm-hmm. John Huston directed. Right. It was actually a big dance audition. And I brought my sister who's a dancer, but she's super shy. She didn't want to be in it. And it was like a 500 people, 500 girls were auditioning at this dance thing. And the choreographer, the choreographer picked 30 girls and didn't pick me like wow. you, 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 and you. And he picked my sister. And so- they were filming at the Columbia lot and all the girls are dancing. And I'm like the day of their film when, after they've rehearsed all summer, I went to watch the, that's gotta feel bad. The, and I was just sitting there like forlorn and John Houston walked by and he looked at me and he's like, we need another orphan. You come on. <laughs> and they put me in the rags and dirt on my face. And then I ended up being in it and then ended up having more part in it. And, <laughs> and anyway, that was little, but then how would you like to be an orphan? <laughs> I think you would be a fantastic, struggling weight. He used to say that to people and they would think, are you going to murder my parents? How would you like to be an orphan? Leave my parents alone. Um, That was super little. But then I did a movie um, for Disney when I was 14 called The Journey of Natty Gann. Oh, yeah. About a little girl during the depression, traveling the country with a wolf and her dad. And it's, you like, your era is depression era. I, Annie's depression <laughs> oh, era. Yeah. I am really good just covered in dirt. That's my yeah. favorite. Like, I'm going to be dirty Cinderella for Halloween. Exactly. Not slutty Cinderella. No. Cinder, dirty, poor Cinderella. Cinder stuff, right? I like, and last year I was a mechanic with dirt. I like being yeah. dirty. The, my favorite roles are the dirty roles. I would like a slutty, dirty Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> a really slutty Cinderella who's, who's also covered, kind of covered in, covered in dirt. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I bet you're all dirty. I'll um, get you clean. But but she's like, I've always called her, she's like the Tom Waits of Disney princesses. Yeah. Like she's a Disney princess that's smoking. eating cold beans out of a can and smoking. And yeah. Rides she, around. And then, and then I did like. I just can't believe that you were directed by John Huston. You were directed by someone who directed Humphrey Bogart. That's one of those things where. Every now and then there'll be a fact like, did you know that- You want to hear good facts? I just shook hands with someone who shook hands with someone who shook hands with Lincoln. Like, you know. She's about to Mm. blow your mind up. Okay, let's hear it. You can tell the fact. No, 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 you tell it because it sounds amazing, but this is true. Go ahead. Um, I was the last person to see Orson Welles alive. So you killed him. I killed him. (laughs) You know, he was stabbed to death. Uh, I killed him. And a woman, uh, an orphan was seen (laughs) fleeing with a knife. With a wolf. I actually- On on wolfback. I might not have been the last person- Wait, so explain that. Yes. Um, when I was fifth, so I did that movie, The Journey of Natty Gann, and it was very well received. And mm-hmm. I did all these talk shows back then, one of which happened to be the Merv Griffin show. And I was um, on the Merv Griffin show the same night as Orson Welles. And we were hanging out in the green room and talking and everything. And I was, and Merv Griffin was like, how about Orson Welles, huh? And now I'm four, I'm 15. My favorite movie is Breakfast Club. Like Ali Sheedy's my favorite actress at the time. Right, you don't care about Orson Welles. I didn't know I didn't know anything. And he's like, "How about Orson Welles?" I was like, "Oh yeah." And he's like, "What's your favorite movie?" And I was like, "You know what? I just love all those old movies." <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know what the fuck to say. Um, was Orson he- Welles looking for you to say Citizen Kane? <laughs> undoubtedly. <laughs> 
Anyway. What's your favorite movie that starts with Citizen? <laughs> Did you enjoy my voice work in the Transformers film? <laughs> so anyway, the show was over. We were talking backstage and he, 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 lit, I, maybe I'm romanticizing this, but I feel like he looked at me and he was like, you're going to be a great actress one day, kid, or something like that. Yeah. It felt or, like or I got. Or strike me dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going oh my to hell. God, Conan's oh. funny. Um, anyway, then he got in his car. So maybe the limo driver was the last. And then he was dead the next morning. Yeah. Uh, it could have been the poison. Or it could have been Bogdanovich song or something. But yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I just I think- saw a young talent earlier, Peter, that is going to be, <laughs> is going to rip this town to shreds. I'm going to write a movie for her. I know a town field where peas grow every year. <laughs> you know, good. I um, I believe my show may have killed George Plimpton. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, and you mentioned Martha Plimpton and earlier, but related. Wait yeah, a minute. I, I don't know if they're related. Martha, I believe, I they, believe are. they are. I believe yeah, they are. They? Yes, because yeah. Martha Plimpton's Keith Carradine's daughter. Well, now I'm all confused. Yeah, you know, it's now happening. it's just this Gordian knot that will never yeah. escape. All I can tell you is that George Plimpton who I loved and adored, used to do little weird bits for us every now and then mm-hmm. on the show. And it was just marvelous to have George Plimpton, the great author, raconteur. Oh my God, um, what a life that guy lived Yeah, and, and and he had met everybody and seen everybody and he was kind of a zealot. He had been everywhere. He's in the background of every photo. Mm-hmm. And he would do little bits for our show on Late Night. And then I think um, we got him to do one bit and then it needed uh, some narration and one of the writers who was just very anal kept making him go over it and over it and over it in the booth, no. I think, a couple of times. And then I think he was, uh, I mean, I, I'm probably exaggerating, mm-hmm. but he left the voiceover booth after having to do it like five times, uh, went home and passed away. And oh. and the next day I was like, I was saying to the writer, you killed George Clinton. <laughs> You're a murderer. And he was like, no, I just had him do it three times. And I said, what's wrong with one take? You know, what's you don't make him do three takes. Oh, you are the Meredith Salinger to his Orson Welles. <laughs> you took him <laughs> off this earth. <laughs> Did, is it true that Orson Welles, as he left the room, said, well, off to die now. <laughs> In that beautiful voice yes. that he has. Ah, the French <laughs> champagne <laughs> bottles in California. I remember um, I had this book of haunted places in America, and they would break down my cities. And apparently, Sweet Lady Jane's is there. You know, they have the, those the mirrors on the back wall. The whole back wall is uh, that. You're talking about the restaurant. The restaurant um, on Melrose, Sweet Lady mm-hmm. Jane. It's yep. a bakery, and there's these mirrors. And and the legend is sometimes employees see his ghost in that mirror. Because Orson Welles' ghost. Orson Welles, because he would come in and have lunch. And so I went in there one day, and there's an older woman that works. I'm like, hey, I'm reading in this book about, apparently you guys can see Orson Welles' ghost in the mirror. She goes, I've never seen his ghost, but he used to come in here for lunch. And you know those, those the Sweet Lady Jane cake, that the, the famous cake they make? With giant the, cake. Yeah. He would order one of those and sit with a pot of coffee and write and eat the entire cake and drink the pot of coffee. That was his lunch. And all of his screenplays at that point were just about cake. (laughs) The cake slides down the gullet. This is called Citizen Cake. It's a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful new film. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, like, but that idea that they were, and everyone's sitting there like, it's Orson Welles over there. He's just eating, he just ordered a whole... Cake and he's just what do we do we take a picture of him? What do we do? This is insane. Yeah, now everybody everything has a is documented ever at all times. If yes. anything bad happens, there's 35 different angles on it. Correct, and it can all be repurposed 
as we found out, we mm-hmm. got invited to the Vanity Fair Oscar party a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, really quick story. Oh, my We're God. in line because to get in, you have to go down this photo line. We would have been happy to just go in. Then went, you got to go to the photo line. It's, it's a red carpet line and there's three little circles Take on pictures. it at the at the Vanity Fair Oscar thing. The celebrity is supposed to go to the first circle and there's a set of photographers that take your picture there. Then you right. move to the second circle and then those photographers. So we were about to step onto we're the first circle to step on when- the party And they go, do you mind if these people go right in front of you? It's Kim and Kanye. Oh. Uh, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. They go in front of us. The photographers go berserk. Sure. They go berserk. On, they're on the first circle. They move to the second circle. They put us on the first circle. No, no, oh, not yet. What? No, they didn't put us on the first circle yet. Okay, hang on. They you went tell to the, the second, story. They went to the second circle. Everyone's taking their pictures. They go, we're still kind of waiting. And then Kylie Jenner comes and and cuts in front of us. And right. then she goes on the first circle. And so we're just waiting and watching this yeah. madness. Right. Then she goes to the second circle and the publicist says to the two of us, hey, you guys, okay, your turn. Yeah, go to first the first circle. circle. Get out there. And meanwhile, we're looking at the photographers in front of us and they're all looking at Kylie. No one is. No one's looking at us. Then they go to. She goes to the third circle. They're still looking at her. Then she gets off the third circle, and they are looking at their phones to they're see just if their their cameras to see if they got the shot. So all the pictures of us from the red carpet that day are like, are, are you guys gonna? We're like, all laughing because I started going, uh, ahem, uh, <laughs> hello, hello, basic cable actor <laughs> here. Hello. And to their credit, some of them started laughing because it was like, you have to follow the, yeah. how do you, you know. Oh, you know. but the funny thing was. Then later when Kim and Kanye announced their divorce, somebody. They took footage from that night of them on the red carpet doing it at that moment. They took footage of them. And for some reason, they walked in front of us and the, someone got a screen grab of, is it, does it say famous couple files for divorce yeah, or, yeah. or, or something? Or no, it says filing for divorce. Oh, yes, yeah, it says filing for but divorce. it's Meredith and I perfectly framed. We're centered and Kim and Kanye, are in, you can't even see them. A blur walking. Before, so it's, we, it just looks that's like. That's how I, th- I thought you guys were through. That's, yeah. And yeah, I even, saw it. You're then like, I tweeted, I was like, is this how I find out, Meredith? Like, <laughs> but it was, everything can be recontextualized. They can take any photo, they whatever any they story. They don't, And then the, yeah. the reface app, the. Deep fakes oh my! Like some of, of those. I know that people are so amused by the deep fake stuff. Where they'll there's a guy that does the Tom Cruise deep fake stuff. Yeah, yeah. That terrifies me. No, because that, not a cool. politician. Well, well, also, uh, forget someone doing an impression or anything. They can digitally take face. our faces. Yeah. I'm going to be after I die. Yes, my kids are going to sell my image, and I'll be put on the body of a really incredible porn star. <laughs> <laughs> And I will be in a lot of pornographic films. And Wait, I, yeah. you're just saying that to cover for the fact that you actually did the porn. And so you're like, this is a deep fake. Well, when, it's you, not real. when you see this guy's body, you'll know that my head yeah. was put on there. <laughs> this, yeah, you know rippling, what? Act- rippling muscles, olive skin. Yeah, uh, actually, Conan, I agree. Someone, when I die, someone will take my face and make it look like um, I did this weird porn and they'll make the film look like it was shot in the late 80s, even though <laughs> it clearly wasn't. And Meanwhile, yeah, all your fans all online are like <laughs> trying to do it right now and they're going to start putting it on the internet. <laughs> look, well, you know what? I don't feel bad about it, Pat, because we did what we had to do uh, we did. to get exactly. into the business. Yeah. Damn it. You do what you got to do. I mean, do. not everyone gets a John Houston Some grabbing you in, off a street corner. I know. Corner. John Houston <laughs> said to you, I'll make you an orphan. Some people get a nod from John Houston. Some of us have to be in a knockoff movie, The Journey of Naughty Gan. There's a million ways into it. It doesn't matter. Um, there's a that there's that movie, and then there's The Journey of Nasty Gan, which is very, yeah, there you very go. slutty. I, I didn't make that audition. <laughs> I, 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 I flinched when they brought out the bucket of squid. No, I have, all, 
I have a question for you guys. Uh, you do this podcast called Did You Get My Text? Yeah. And you live together. You are married, and yep. yet the, your primary mode of communication is texting. Is and always has been. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so well, we know that that's how you met, <laughs> that's but you think met. that that would wane once you're in physical proximity. If anything, here's okay, here's how crazy it got. Because yeah, we're in the same house, but I'll be in my office and I'll think of something. I don't want to walk upstairs and tell her, I'll text her. And one night, we were in bed and our I backs saw, were to each other. Our back, because she had found this perfect position. Mm -hmm. But I found this amazing picture. I'm like, Meredith, you got to look at this. And she's like- And he's I, like telling me like, now I have to get, <laughs> now I have to like undo my perfect position and lean over and go to look at the thing on his side. Yeah. I'm like- I'm so comfortable. Can you either put it in front of my face, please, or just text it text to me? Because she had gotten. It, it You're involved. in the same bed. In the same and bed. You can't. You can't swivel your nope. neck. No. And, and 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 her. By the way, in her defense, her position involved like five pillows. She had arranged. Listen, a I've got big ergonomic and long thing. hair, and yes. my back hurts, and I have to like get everything into its spot without it being right. uncomfortable. There's stuff to deal with. She had, she had arranged four boob pillows, five neck. <laughs> it was a huge. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it was a lattice work. If it if if you will, it would have been easier if you just did it and leaned over and showed me. I didn't. So want what to happens that. is you're in the same. Sometimes you're even in the same bed as each other or the same house and you're texting each other. Yeah. And so your only way of really communicating is you get together with microphones. Yes. And you record a podcast where you go through the text. We go over, yeah. what was this? What did this mean? I'm like, oh, did you get the one about this one? Yes. Well, can we talk about that now? <laughs> yeah. And so then we talk about it. It's the, it's it's the today, age man. we live in, man. It's the we're age we're we commenting live in. on our on our time. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a great artifact in 500 years for, it, to explain these times we live in where everyone's always on their phone, always yeah. texting each yeah. other when they could be talking to each other. Correct. Yeah. It's better for us and that, that, we don't, <laughs> that we don't speak to each other. My wife, it's better all, that it's all only All my wife's texts to me are, she knows I'm out and about and she'll want me to stop off at the mm -hmm. uh, grocery store and it's always to get a product that doesn't exist yep. or <laughs> or is not readily available. So she'll say, can you just stop off at the Ralph's on the way home? Uh, and she said, you know, what I want is I want salt and stall, non-zinc shortening. <laughs> And I'll say, what's salt and stall? And she'll go like, well, it's an English brand. It's made in, it's made actually near the border with Wales, but it's got to be non-zinc. And wow. it comes, the other ones are orange. This one has a blue stripe. And I'll go and I'll, there's, there's, actually I'll find an aisle that says shortening. Then I'll find another aisle that says European shortening. And it's not there. And then right. they'll have one salt and stall, but it's got now with more zinc. And so, uh, and then I come home and I say, this doesn't exist. She'll be like, yeah, I thought it was a long shot. <laughs> oh, I just, spent, I just spent two hours there. I was questioning yeah. people. So you rolled the dice with my time is what you did. Like, let's see if it happens. Yes. And uh, she just wants me. I think she just doesn't want me around. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have... Can you go get me a velocipede I have that's a... made of licorice? What? A one-wheel bicycle yes. from the turn of the century made of licorice <laughs> that has a bell and the Kaiser's face is on the bell. What? Go find it. I'm sorry, what? Um, I, I have a similar thing with Meredith where we, I call it Manchurian Candidate, right. where if she sees a food item depicted in media either as a drawing and, and it and it sparks something she must have that food item immediately well wow. that, if she not sees just, it it's, get it's, it's i like need it now i'm an advertiser's 
target audience yes. constantly. But also, like, Alice came in our room. This is back <clears> when <throat> she was eight. She <clears throat> came in the room, and she had her pajamas on, and there were drawings of donuts on them. And then I got her. You were taking her to school. <clears throat> dress, and I'm going and to school. Like, Make sure you bring home some donuts. <laughs> she just called me. I need donuts. I'm like, why? Because they were, I saw I saw them on the jammies. I need the donuts now. And so there have been times where she'll see some. And, so and, if there had been a turducken depicted oh on, on, well, on, yeah. on her jammies, you would have said, I need a turducken yeah. immediately. Exactly. Well, also she'll get these nostalgic cravings and I will go too far where she'll like, oh my God, I want a Twinkie. So I'll buy a box of Twinkies and then she'll have one and go, I just needed the one. I got it. Like, like I think that he, it's what she wants now. There's a recording studio in Los Angeles that, we both, oh, that we both record at. And so he was saying he was recording at the studio and I was like, I know in the kitchen there, they have Twinkies. I was like, can you just bring me home a Twinkie? Yeah. And you did, and then you had to go there another time, mm-hmm. and then you brought me home like two, and then you went to the store and bought boxes. A box. And then for my birthday, he had this amazing chef like make me a freaking t- cake made out of Twinkie. Twinkie oh. thing. I'm like, it's disgusting. I only wanted, <laughs> I, I only wanted one. It was the benign version of making a kid like smoke a pack of cigarettes so he doesn't smoke in front of me. Yeah. I just oh, you're gonna smoke a hundred in front of me, kid. <laughs> well, it worked, and you're never I going to do had it again. Since. Yeah, but she, but she does have these weird. They're not even cravings. It's a, it's like a trigger mechanism. It's impulse. She'll see, oh, I have no. Gotta have that right control. now. You know what I am? I am. My weakness is like an REI. Any kind of thing that comes from REI, I have to have. Wow. Hey, I REI. Have, have it. Conan yeah. O'Brien likes your stuff. I think hey, you should probably sponsor. Well, I think him. a lot I of am, people do. Actually, I am very. Uh, I put together these go bags in case of the apocalypse. Oh dear and God! They are so heavy. I went How on earth? Way are we gonna... over the overboard. In so what's what, in your go bag? Tell us. Everything. Way too much stuff. I have. You have a lot of comic books. Uh, in, in my, <laughs> <laughs> that's. I bet your go bag would be very little. There'd be like no food or water, but it'd be like well, this is the Iron Man before yeah. Tony Stark had his heart repaired. He made. Yeah. He made three of them, one for each of us and Alice. And when I tell oh, you they're God. like 80 pounds each and they it's each crazy. have a hatchet, a hatchet. Oh, you Not got a, giving a hatchet a to Alice. mini hatchet with a hollow um, handle that has other tools in it. Yes. Oh my God. It's a multi-tool, it's a little hatchet that I, I got that. at REI. Need, oh, yes, it's the best. REI. I love Again. it. Oh, you'd love the hatchet. Oh, oh, I'd love it. Oh, and God. I would keep just, uh, I would empty out the tools and I would just, uh, I would put uh, rum yeah. in, in oh, the handle of the, of the I, axe. I have, and I, in each one, I, there's an empty whiskey flask that in my mind, once goes it down, I will fill each with whiskey because you got to have whiskey with you. In my mind, I'm going to be cutting a bullet out of someone. So here, take a shot of this. Here we go. It, like, I yeah. have I have packed equipment that I'm not qualified to use. Right, right. Um, and, and by the way, the, there was a huge blackout and I have these little mini generators that they're solar powered and you also crank them to do energy. But I, but then when the power went, I'm like, oh, I can charge my phone with this generator. And I couldn't get it to work because I hadn't read all the instructions. So I own, there's equipment in these things that I don't. Also, there's a, uh, I got one of those um, Leatherman, the multi, the Leatherman. Those multi-tools. are fantastic. I have many of those. Yeah. Op- I got the biggest one. I, I was messing around with it. I open up the saw. There's a saw you can saw, and I can't figure out how to close it again. <laughs> oh, so one no. of them has a saw just sticking out that I can't put in the bag because it'll cut everything else open. I have a life straw you can like drink contaminated water through, and it like. That's a good idea. To- That's actually but, the best idea. You know what it is? They have a straw where you drink it, and whatever 
liquid you're sucking up, it turns it into chocolate milk. <laughs> so you can literally be sucking up liquid uranium yeah. from a spill and it becomes a REI has one milk. where you can just press the buttons on it and it, like if you want Coke, if you want, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like you just whatever choose you the want. flavor and yeah, REI sells Strawberry that quick, whatever yeah. you want. Oh, I love just strawberry quick. quick. So, I mean, I have friends who know how to, um, that have taken like EMT courses and taught themselves how to fly helicopters for God's sakes. You know, in case, so, but, and I, I have a, in case I have an a earthquake multi, I have and a you have a helicopter I, in your backyard yeah. that you can just escape. I, with. I have a multi-tool that I can't close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's going to be my use in the apocalypse. <laughs> my wife was really laughing at me because uh, a bunch of years ago, I decided um, I need to know how to ride a motorcycle because that's a skill that you need to know how to, you, you yep. need to do it. So I took a motorcycle course and I learned how to ride a motorcycle and really liked it. And I kept thinking, this is going to come in so handy. Mm-hmm. And um, and I now I'm there's part of me that's, this sounds terrible, but I'm like, bring it on. Because I want to jump on a really cool. I want to show people that wasn't a waste of time. Yes. yes and I yeah. want to be the guy, you know, in the in the uh, Walking Dead. With the crap <laughs> going everywhere. You're the only He's, one who can get I, I'm through. I'm the one that can, that can yeah. weave my way through the zombies. Yeah. Because I've, you know, I, I can do that You want to be Norman Reedus. I want to be Norman Reedus yes. in yes. so many ways. Yeah, I get that. I but get, a Norman Reedus who shaves constantly. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I, I have this weird, I have these um, very occasional anxiety dreams because I don't know how to drive a stick shift car. Mm-hmm. So in my dream, there is some kind of disaster, but the only car that's there is a stick shift and oh. I don't know how to drive it. And you know, like, I, I remember watching, there's a movie called Trucker, a little indie movie with Michelle Monaghan, who learned how to, she qualified on an 18 wheeler. She plays a female trucker. And I'm like, I need to get a movie where I learn how to drive. Like, just right. have that skill. I love you that you need, need to get yeah. a movie that <laughs> teaches you that thing. Yeah. You're like, not going to learn people, it unless no, you have a reason. Pay me. You, you, it's yeah. so funny. Like Patton was like, I'd like to know how to make chocolate chip cookies from scratch. <laughs> I need to get a movie Someone needs where to I make write chocolate a movie. chip cookies. You know, you want to do a movie where you have to play an amazing piece on the piano. You don't want to take <laughs> piano lessons for no, 75,000 years. You just want someone to actually teach you that one song so that you can just... Wow, your friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I did a movie where I had to be a, a blackjack dealer and I was so nervous about, I didn't want to seem like I didn't know what I was doing. So I sat with the dealer for a few hours and he showed me how to cut and, you know, deal it all out. And then when they show the movie, it's all, they just show me from here That's up. And then they fair. would cut to, they cut to another guy's hands doing that. I was like, oh what my the, oh, what the did guy, I do the work? The guy who did it was black. <laughs> <laughs> it's you going, sure. Yeah, okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. What Clearly. if it had been a woman with like very feminine fingers? I would have yeah. been glad. That would, yeah. I would have taken it because my hands look weird. That would have, that would have been great. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, Meredith, how do you handle the fact that I am on this, I, I'm, I'm not going to get too specific, but I'm on this, there's this, uh, text chain that uh, that, oh. that Patton is on and Patton kindly invited me into it mm-hmm. and it's I think it's called the nerd thread is that what you call it there's two I have a oh thanks uh, for inviting me <laughs> I, well, I have a text thread with all my comedians and then there's an email chain with the biggest um Old Hollywood and history nerds. That's what I'm on. That's the one I'm on. And these people know everything. Oh, my God. Now, I have areas of sick, deep, deep interest, but I'm talking- uh, first of all, it's I don't think you people do anything else. Oh, I'm God. constantly, and I don't want to out anybody else who's on it, but everybody's very funny, very sharp. Yes. But literally, someone will mention a character actor like Burt Mustin, 
who ha- was an old man. I'm just like, I just know some weird, I have little weird Mustin. pockets. of Burt Mustin played the old man in every 70s sitcom yep. for a while. And if you saw a picture of me, go like, oh, right, that yeah, guy. That guy. And he literally was about 95 and they would always, he was on, uh, you know, All in the Family. He was always the old, old, old man who'd come in. And um, someone will mention Burt Mustin somehow that will come up. Suddenly hundreds of people on this thread are chiming in with weird arcane information about this person. And they've got photographs of, check out Bert in 1932 when he was a ventriloquist. Insane. You know, and and suddenly, and I'm, I'm, people have said to me sometimes, hey, Conan, you don't chime in that much. And I say, because it's like putting (laughs) your hand into a blender. If your hand isn't moving as fast as the blender, you're going to get shredded. Right. And I get intimidated. I cannot keep up with you guys. There are times when I just lean back and watch, there are people on that thread that can sling clippings and photographs at the snap of a finger. Yes. They have, I don't know what they have access to. Maybe they have access to Google. You well, type no, in the no, guy's no, no. name and you just go <laughs> to the images. This is not, I can do it. No, this I is, these. It. there are clipping services you can subscribe to where you get stuff you don't just get on a Google image search, like a Nexus, um, Nexus Lexus Nexus search or something Lexus, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you have to have a, you have to have a subscription to. Uh-huh. And these guys, like any, any old, any old celebrity dies, they have like, Newspaper clippings of a dinner theater thing they did back in the seventies. Yes, like, they have what in they the have weird what? appearances they yeah. made, and and I swear to God, I could randomly type into this chain. Just I'm just randomly. Hey, wonder if Dean Martin ever rode an elephant completely naked? That <laughs> <laughs> would be like literally a second later. In the yeah. movie in there's a black and white photograph of Dean Martin in 1958 <laughs> naked riding an elephant, and they'll be like, "You mean this?" Paparazzi shot when he's goofing around on the set of, you yeah. know, All Aboard. Uh, you're like, well, how did that, how did, well, somebody, who are these people? Somebody made a joke about Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis and someone had pictures that Dean and Jerry had taken as a goof. They're both nude in yes. a shower together. That was upsetting. Fully frontal nude. I'm like, wait, oh. what? In the 50s that that like didn't get around, but this guy has them and here they are. Yes. I was like, how do we have I wasn't these? prepared for that. And no, just not then, me. I my was... daughter leaned over my shoulder and said, daddy, what are you looking <laughs> God, yeah, it was. Yeah, the stuff that they find that we these weird. I, I, uh, Mort Saul just passed away, and Mort Saul he was in 1937. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But the, someone had a clip of a a, t- a talk show he did. I guess it was a, a a talk show that he hosted that never aired, where he basically started screaming at this guy. And was I, like, I saw that clip. Oh my! These clips are fascinating. God. Wow! And I will sometimes get drawn into something. My weirdest experience was. I was uh, doing a show, shooting one of my travel shows, and I was in- Africa. Africa. I remember this. And I remember it so clearly. And um, there's this famous, there was this act that was big back in the 30s and 40s. People don't know them today nearly as well as they know the Marx Brothers, you know, or or some of the other brothers. But they're called the Ritz Brothers. And they were quite well known in their time. And I went down this rabbit hole of- my feelings about the Ritz brothers. <laughs> and I rem- never forget, I am, I- I'm lying on the floor in Africa uh, and it's three in the morning where I am and I can't sleep. And I've been shooting all day 
and I'm lying on the floor and I'm getting very impassioned about how <laughs> we can't judge this now in the context of the of the 1940s. Yes. The, you know, this work was quite indelibly good. And, and so we have to keep in mind, and I'm going on and on about Harry Ritz and Harry Ritz really did influence Sid Caesar. And you've got to understand that Harry Ritz and I just thought, you guys sucked me into this thing. I I think even at one point, one of the responses on the thread was, Conan, aren't you in Africa yeah. right now? Like, how are you writing these paragraphs? Aren't you literally sleeping in a tent out on the savannah? What is happening? Yeah, um, I will start going down these rabbit holes and she, she you can see her just, oh God, oh, here we that's go. That's what I'm curious, well, is your perspective on, you You come by and, and, and Patton, is going down. I mean, I'm just getting seconds of it here and there and engaging occasionally. He's always yeah. in this world. He has an encyclopedic brain. It's shocking. It's 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 incredible. But we will be doing our podcast and I'll just say one thing and then he'll just go down this rabbit hole of what you were just talking about. Right, right. And literally after a while I'm just like and then uh, he's you know, like, what do you think about that? And I'm like, I actually, you know what? I tuned out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we're doing a podcast. You're supposed to pay attention. I'm my like, old it's thing so is, boring to my me. My old thing is you leave and make a sandwich and come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, what'll happen is I'll start off on a, on a rabbit hole. Like, well, you know, funny you mentioned Dean Martin because at one point he was in talks. See, Francis Coppola had the rights to Doctor Strange. And, and then I go on. And then after like two minutes, she'll go. So I'm sorry, what, Dean Martin? Like, like yeah. she just had the beginning part and did not call really, any of your other he bullshit. He yelled at me because I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and, what? And, um, this is gold. He's like, <laughs> You're not paying attention to this gold? He's like, this is our podcast. You're supposed to like listen and re I'm like, it's so boring to yes, me. Yes, because I don't know what you're I don't know. About. I'm like, I tuned out. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's half of our podcast. Well, that's when you have to call me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I love how yeah. I say call. Call. That's how out of it I am. <laughs> you should pick up a Bakelite telephone and call. Me. Oh, I love Bakelite. Oh, oh my Bakelite. God. I love the best. backgammon pieces. Andy Richter, uh, years ago, gave me, he found this company that takes old Bakelite phones from the 40s, the big heavy ones with the dials that make that cool yes, zipping yes. sound. Yeah. And, uh, and they repurpose them so they have modern electronics inside, but it's the old phone. And so I have it on my desk and it Amazing. rings and it goes like, oh, God. But the thing is, I'll be on Zoom calls talking business or with different people on Zoom, work, you know, uh, different stuff we have to work out. But because the, my Bakelite phone is right there, I keep picking it up and going, hello, hello, Wrigley 525. <laughs> and they're like, we just, we, you did bits with the phone last time. Put it down. It's but not it feels that so funny. good I can't in your help hand. It. I and, love oh. it. Yeah. All right, guys, I got to wrap this up. Oh, no. This has been too much what fun. Happened? We just did time. a ton of time. Time happened, man. Time happened, this man. This is what happens when you have a guest on your show and you're not just oh, talking to your God. wife. <laughs> This you is uh, it, like time guess. goes by. I'm like, come on, let's get this is slogging along. What's happening? Uh, did you get my text? Check out. Did you get my text? I love you guys, and uh, I really, um, I'm really happy that you've found a way to communicate face to face. Yes. And nice. you're basically you're using it. You found a way to monetize your time where you're talking to each other. It's a whole new level of our relationship. <laughs> you know, things are really getting intimate when you have to yeah. break for commercials. <laughs> Oh, this was uh, so right. fun. Thank you for Thanks having for us. Having us this on. was Great. awesome. Thank Yay. If I would have kept making only the minimum payments on my credit cards, my debt would have taken me 47 years to pay off. These are real national debt relief customers. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get out of debt by myself. 
credit card, medical, or personal loan debt, National Debt Relief negotiates with your creditors to reduce what you owe. National Debt Relief got me out of debt? You could be debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months. Visit NationalDebtRelief.com to learn more and get started. NationalDebtRelief.com. Sona, I ran into you recently and you told me that your mother said something very right. special about our children. Yes. So we, we make we make a joke that, you know, that your daughter is going to marry one or both my yeah. boys. Right. And then I was telling my, my parents, so I was like, oh, yeah, this is the thing we were talking about. And my, my mom and dad both looked at me very seriously and they're like, oh, like a and they said a word in, in I think either Armenian or Turkish. And they're like, yeah, this happens in the villages. They arrange marriages at infancy. And then I asked her more about it. And the direct translation is a, is a bassinet engagement. (gasps) Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like the parents are like, you got a baby. I got a baby. They'll get married when they're older. And then it just, yes. I mean, arranged marriages obviously have existed for thousands of years and I think they still exist. Yes, uh, in, in some cultures. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and what's strange is they work out a lot. Did you know that? I mean, you'd think. Yeah. But but I've heard often people say, you know, actually in a strange way, because you you know who you're going to marry for most of the time you're growing up. It's no oh. secret. Mm. Yes, I know it could probably go very, uh, very wrong, very off the rails, but sometimes it works out really nice. And I'm thinking, look at all these kids today with their apps. All the misery. Do I swipe left? Do I swipe right? How's this going to go? I just, I've dated 15 people on an app recently and none of them went well. Mm. Arranged marriages. There should be an arranged marriage app. (laughs) (laughs) What? An arranged marriage app. And I bet you at first people would say this is terrible, but then it would blow up, destroy all these other you know, Bumblebee and Happy Tree and Fiddle Dee Dee, those would all be gone instantly. <laughs> Who's arranging them? Who's doing it? Your mother. No, an oh. app. Well, okay, your mother could do it or you could get a uh, um, a really sophisticated logarithm, but I, your mother, yeah, your mother, we could say it's a sophisticated logarithm, but it's really just your mom. Yeah. It's your mom is on the app with you. You're, no, no, no. Your mom, Sona, links everybody in the world together in an <laughs> arranged mom. marriage. Your mother specifically, Nadia, <laughs> oh Nadia Mosesian, uh, is in a room with a headset on <laughs> and she is pairing at very fast speeds, that face and that face, bang. This one and that one, bang. Yeah. This one and that one, bang. She has those bang. Tom Cruise gloves from Minority Report. Yeah. Yes, just, yeah. she's she got those special it. gloves and she's yeah. just swiping. And you know what? You'd get back the statistic. People would say, this is insane. You'd find out 97% of them are happy and they've been, <laughs> they married and they, they were happy for 50 years together. Do I need um, to like prepare a dowry for my daughter for one of, or both of your sons? Yeah, you do. Well, you which one? My I mean, mom that's had a dowry. She did. I think so. Yeah. Your mother. She, had, she what do you like, mean? What was her dowry? She had a, like a chest full of stuff. What? Like what? What did she? What was in there? Like a I, Pez dispenser and some? Yeah, like dentist you know, toys. Yeah, I mean, what? What did she <laughs> well, have in there? Well, it's very old school. But you also know when I married Tack that in order to get out of the house, his best man had to pay my brother for yeah, me to no, this leave is, the house. This is to amazing. Sona had to be per- yes. Sona, this is true. Sona had to be purchased. Well, on her wedding day. Well, that's really essentially what it is. Yeah. How much? The the, the I don't know. I'll double it. 
<laughs> well, that would be $40. Where are you going to get that kind of cash? 40 No, it was more than $20. And you know what? Eh, close. But anyway, uh, they, just had an, they just had an old phone with a cord wrapped around it. <laughs> it was broken. Um, no, Sona, that was part of the tradition. And you were pissed at the time because yes. you were a modern, forward-thinking woman. And you said, this is disgusting. I'm not going to take part in this. And then they did it. And it was actually kind of sweet and goofy. I mean, it was just a- Yeah. Uh, they didn't actually buy you, of no. course. It was just a funny little ritual, like, um, you know, that, that has existed- for thousands of years. It was a fun little throwback to a horribly barbaric tradition. Yes. I, um, yeah, well, 100%. But yeah, obviously we were going to leave the house. I mean, we had all the like, we paid all the deposits and stuff. So we were going to get married. But I think that there's something about, uh, I I hated it, but yeah, everyone else I loved to your, like it. I loved your wedding. And uh, I think you can go online and see me dancing like a madman with your father. Yes. That's, if you're interested, uh, I danced up a storm at that wedding. Yeah, people were and throwing then, money on you. Yeah, yeah. I got really excited until I realized they were all ones. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, great. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a stripper again. They were just paying Sona's brother to get you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> They were, they were trying to get me out. Uh, yeah, those were good times. Well, this is fascinating that your mother didn't take it as a joke and really will marry off Gorley's daughter to mm-hmm. one of your boys, yeah. Mikey and Charlie. Which, which is the, which is the yeah. one that you think is you would marry off? Does Mikey she or get Charlie? to make that call or you? Yeah, who's it going to be? I. That's a good question. We. I don't know. Who's the who's the, of the two of them? Which one's the real player? Yeah. Uh, I th- I would have to say Charlie. Or I you would know what? S- but Mikey's also no. like sensitive. Like no, boo, oh, boo, no, no, oh. no. Okay. Mikey, Mikey's the one who's gonna. He's the he's the catch. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love Charlie, but he's gonna be in the his whole life. He's gonna be like, ah, oh, gee, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is a good idea. Mikey's going to be like, hey, what's the problem? Check oh, her out. yeah. My daughter likes a bad boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Up on my tricycle. We'll go for a ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my daughter loves baby Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Hey, Ickery Dickery Duck. <laughs> it's just the mouse ran up the clock. What? The mouse ran up my cock. Oi, wait, what does oh, Hepa do? No. Yeah, I like that you're that Mikey's a filthy little Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> oh, little Miss jacket. Muffet. Little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet eating her cuts and whey. Oh, uh, hey, it's time for you to go to sleep, Mikey. Yeah, you gotta cut it out, Mike. Charlie, that's his business, not yours. <laughs> Oh, he upsets me. Some of those rhymes are misogynistic. <laughs> I wrote a little poem about his rhymes. Oh, Mikey, your words, they hurt so. But put, you both have to go to bed. Look at him over there with his poems. Put away the pen, Emerson. What's going on here? Those are your kids exactly. Yeah. <laughs> at four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd steer clear of both of them if I were you, Gourley. Hmm. Yeah. All right. We just, there you have it. I savagely lit into two children. Yeah. Who Roasted. Are, who are barely infants. five months old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what layer of, what circle of hell? What's, I keep finding lower and lower Depths of Dante's Inferno. I just found a new low one. Yeah. Wow, Conan really tore tore into those two five months old. Defenseless. <laughs> right now they're just quietly spitting up on each other, doing no one any harm. Yeah. They're practicing rolling over. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah. Poor babies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sona Movsesian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.